Good morning, everyone. We are back in the studio, the studio being the theater, the theater being a couch, and Ryan and Nicole are to my left and right. Hey, guys. Movie crew! Guys, we're back! We're We're back! back. We're back! Woo! All right. It's been a long, depressing hiatus, but I'm excited to Uh, move forward. I would call it, I was was more of a sabbatical than a hiatus. So that was, if we were talking about our temporary distancing, I was a sabbatical. That is a light touch way to put it. And if you need to know any more about that, uh, have someone else tell you because we're not going to discuss it here. (laughs) Movies. This is movie crew (laughs) review number 49.5 because we're not quite ready. Not quite. To get back into it, but we will be soon enough. I wanted to get a bit of a read though. I was going to have Jacob here because he's been here for all of our 5.3 month reviews. And for this one, he, uh, is eating or something. I don't know what he's doing right Still? now. He's just hanging out with the brunch crew. Or doing, yeah, he was doing something like that. We're kind of on the clock here. In any case, the movie crew was sort of, as all good ventures are, just sort of a tangent to another thing. Yes. Um, it, was just, it was just me. I was like, hey, I haven't seen shit about anything. <laughs> you two have seen movies. How about we sit and talk about a movie for a little while? And I thought then- it started because... Um, like, I really hated Birdman, and Ryan liked it, so you wanted us to argue about it on air. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the print. Okay. And, and yeah. I could not contribute to that conversation <laughs> because my knowledge of movies was non-existent. Mm-hmm. But uh, after 49 movies. 49 movies later. David. Actually, about five movies later. I was talking <laughs> as much as either of you. <laughs> so I now feel invested enough. Yeah. The bell curve of, of movie expertise rises sharply. Yeah, in, no, uh, I was... As long as you're watching the right movies. Excellent point, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was in the middle of the sigmoid not long afterwards. And um, so here we are, dozens of episodes later. Um, we're obviously... We feel good enough about it that we're going to keep doing it. Uh, this is the continuation. I this, do miss it. I'll, I'm I'll back, be honest. baby. Oh, I'm yeah. back. No, it was absolutely. I mean, for as much as I tend to like despise consumption as a concept in podcasting in this way, this one has been good because you can sit down with a movie and you can watch it with people and then you do your deep scan read afterwards. You do your research and you come in and you bitch about it for a little while. And that's therapeutic, it's creative, mm-hmm. it's got all the things. Yes. And mm-hmm. I like that, and that's what I want to capitalize on continuing forward. I was thinking for a little while here, and Nicole got scared when I was talking about it, so we probably won't do it, uh, even though she didn't say as much. I wanted to get into way more like explicitly analytical nonsense with these movie things. Like I wanted to do the, uh, the mise-en-scene thing where you take one scene from a movie. Oh, well, the movie I'm picking is a great starting point for stuff like that. Okay. Okay. I don't know where this is going to go, and we're kind of going to flesh it out while we're here. But basically, I do not want the review side of this thing, even though it's the third letter, to be like the whole thing. I do mostly like movies because I like considering the process. And I like, not necessarily like literally behind the scenes, but like what makes a movie good is not how you feel about it it is the way it's constructed and i think we've done a good job actually mm-hmm. contending with that as opposed to literally talking about how we feel um up to this point i, I don't feel things so that's absolutely correct. yeah and that helps no, that helps tremendously yeah. with getting into that mindset is being unfeeling mm-hmm. uh, and apathy is certainly the, the trade around <laughs> here so i mean do you guys agree like what is the part of the movie crew stuff that you like I actually sort of just like the process. Like, I like that there's like a social aspect where we all get together and watch the movie. And then I like that there's an analytical process where we 
you know, yeah. break things down. And I also, as it's funny because normally Ryan would be the Luddite in any group. Normally. But as, <laughs> as the movie Luddite here, because Ryan will at least watch current movies. I'm real on the fence about it. Um, I like the fact that we could like, I'm not like restricted to like what's out right now mm-hmm. for <laughs> movie crewing. Yeah, we, uh, Ryan and I have uh, movie passes now and uh, Nicole has still not jumped on that bandwagon. I don't want to feel obligated to watch current movies. It's so, yeah, yeah it, you, you do feel obligated only because you do want to like make sure that you are getting your $10 a month out of this bargain. And the cool thing is, is that even though there are a lot of shitty movies in the theater, the more you see, the closer you approach that $10 value. So it's very quite, you know, it's, it's, but it's here's a, the thing. I a, need to get the $10 out of my Netflix too. And rewatching enterprise for the fourth time <laughs> is what does that for me. <laughs> but, but I mean, so what I've discovered is that I had like gone away from the theaters a lot of times, you know, like the Netflix thing has like affected me. Yeah. And so, but it turns out they that have like terrible movies on Netflix. Well, this is the thing. Like movies are bigger in the theater. I have a screen, big screen at home. They're still bigger in the theater. I'm going to have an Italian leather sofa at home soon too. They okay. I hate to repeat myself here, but in fact, they are grander <laughs> in the theater. I don't see where you're going <laughs> yeah. with this. There's more air in the theater. I'm, I'm going to try a different. But other people are breathing it. I'm going oh, to try a different tack. It is more of an event. <laughs> yes. Because you do go. Yes. You go to the movies. I. I mean, we're literally we're sitting in the room that Nicole is sort of obliquely referencing here. There's a hundred feet or 100 feet, 100 inches <laughs> worth of, if that were true, then the movie theater experience would be totally null. But yeah. but no, I mean, there's there's 100 inches of screen, got pretty good speakers in here. Like, I, I did what I could at, at great expense. Yes, no doubt. This replicates as much of the movie going experience as possible other than the going part. Right. And to be fair, sometimes the going part is a pain in the ass to begin with. And sometimes you just don't want to do that. And mind you, we live seven minutes from a movie theater. It's still a fucking process. Yeah. To like, God damn it, man. I got to go to the fucking movies. It's still annoying. And I feel obligated to either buy popcorn or Valdianos when I'm there. Mm -hmm. And like, there's a whole, there's a thing. It's, it's, it's a shit. But that is not true here. Yeah. Nonetheless, I have a movie pass. Ryan, you have a movie pass. Let's spend five minutes. Is movie pass good? Yes, it is. Uh, it, it, it is important to see movies in the theater. Theatre. It is important to see them on the big screen um, as they were intended to be seen. I've um, I realized that like it does just shrink the scope of cinema to have it on this even in this environment, which is wonderful. I mean, like I the reason I think this has been so enjoyable is this like projector system that we have set up uh, in, in our own you know, private movie viewing experience. Um, that has kind of reawoken like the cinema as well. Like it's been, what this project has kind of meant to me in general is this like reconnection to something that I had, didn't know that I had like lost. You know, I, I like movies were always a part of me and I was always able to engage them analytically. But, you know, when I got into movies, when I was in my teenage years, it was about, you know, seeing movies with other people, right? It was about going out and finding these movies and bringing them back and seeing them with your friends and talking about them. And that whole, like that, the process, right? I mean, even not just the theater process, uh, but that process of seeing movies um, is what like has been so enjoyable about this whole experience. And adding in the theater experience with MoviePass and just seeing that more and being a part of that more, um, it's just re- reawakened and reconnected that. And it's just, it's just fun as hell, man. Like It's like going out and it's a unique experience. It's not controlled. Um, and that's part of the fun of it. It kind of adds a certain... Um, Sort of certain amount of randomness to the idea that I'm just going to go see a movie, 
And like, it's like, is it just a movie? Sure, it's a movie. Is it good? It might not be good, but like, it's just go see a movie. And it is such an enjoyable way to spend a measly two hours of a day. Like, it's just fucking great. Yeah. And I tend to agree. This is it. I mean, just to roll down the list of movies that I've seen, Ryan, yours is probably a little bit longer. This list, it, to anyone who's listening to this list uh, who knows me, it would seem entirely foreign that this would be the list of movies that I've seen over the last couple of months as a result, as a direct result of MoviePass, probably. Uh, Phantom Thread, Black Panther, Death Wish, Death of Stalin, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street was, uh, Death of Stalin and Nightmare on Elm Street were both NZ on, but that was just, that, mm -hmm. that was also a movie going experience. I don't think we would have picked Nightmare on Elm Street to watch here. Um, and what was the other one? Call Me By Your Name? Yes, Call Me By name Your Name. The other one? Yeah, that one, like, we'll, we'll, we'll put a little marker next to that one. And I, Asterisk. Look, <laughs> look, I will say I disliked almost all of these movies. <laughs> I actually didn't like, and in fact, of the movies on this list, if I had to watch one again, and I would not have suspected this when I watched it, it's Phantom Thread. Yes. Because um, I, I actually didn't know it was Daniel Day-Lewis until the credits. <laughs> He's such a good actor. He is he's, he's transformative. Pretty good. Look, part of that's on me. I just didn't recognize him. <laughs> but if I was going to watch one of these again, it would probably be Phantom Thread. And I mean, we could rant for two or three minutes about all these, but that's not that's not really the point. The yeah. point was it was still worth doing, particularly at the price point of MoviePass. I know this kind of sounds like an ad, but it it does matter when the movies cost fifteen dollars to go to. Yes, to amortize that just a little bit. Um. But there is something about the ritual of there. I mean, there are other people in the theater and sure they're annoying, but because I don't really like the movies anyway, that's not as big a deal. Yeah. Um, well, but seeing bad movies is an important part of the overall movie experience. That like, only seeing good movies really is not good for you psychologically in the realm of like watching movies. You need some shit thrown in there. And even then it's not too bad. Like it's yeah. still pretty good. No, it's, like, fine. it's fine. Like Black Panther's okay. Like it's not it's not horrendous. It's just so yeah. a comic book movie yeah. that it couldn't look, I, I'm yeah. not gonna watch it again. It is a zero out of one for me. <laughs> but, I got all I could out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that there's much more to get out of it, to be honest <laughs> just, with you. But I did I even they broke me and I went and saw that one with them. But nice. even motherfucking Death Wish, like they put out another Death Wish movie. And it's bad. It's a bad movie. Yeah. And they shouldn't have made it. Nope. But I had a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It was all right being there. Nope. Uh, staring staring at each other like, this is happening still. Yes. This yes. is still in a 2018 movie. Well, and my I am so struck by, and this is the thing about going to the theater, is to like hear and feel the reaction of other people yes. genuinely enjoying a terrible film. That. This is this is like something I hadn't even realized before. But like Seeing people like at the plot points that are so predictably dull and so obvious as to how <laughs> yeah. this will turn out and have people audibly react with shock and surprise and emotional affect at Death Wish, at a plot as base and degrading as Death Wish. <laughs> Let me ask you a question then. So if it's not good for me to only watch good movies, how is it good for these people to only be seeing bad movies? <laughs> because... There is something... Uh, we just get to excuse them? No. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right, all right uh, let's... I, uh, that is a serious cultural ponder that yeah. I don't know that we can answer. Phil philosophically, <laughs> <laughs> philosophically, cinema is, is so a, such a revolutionary art style 
that the idea that people go and experience this in this way, that to experience cinema, even done poorly, is somehow, it can be enriching. And two bad purposes, right? Like, like the motivations behind a death wish are not the proper motivations <laughs> that should be motivating human experiences. But like, at the same time, like, I mean, the reason movies are so popular, I mean, it is it just, as an art form, it just connects to all so much uh, that other that other ways of engagement in art just just do not accomplish, and I don't know why it is, but like it's there's just something about it uh, that 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 the visual, the storytelling, the 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 auditory, the music, everything just just synthesizes into this experience. And I mean, huh, for normal people to like have something and be able to like visceral viscerally connect with something like that, like. I mean, it's good that that's out there for people to enjoy. And I mean, it, it, I don't want to get like too, you know, um, you know, like humanity, I like actually give a shit about humanity, but it is something important that there is that connection out there that people establish with it. And I just think that's why I love movies, you know, man, like I, nothing, nothing gives me a thrill, like a really, really great movie, like nothing, it just, nothing stimulates me that way. And for other people who, you know, maybe just some, you know, duller colors and a, and a pretty predictable plot and something they that affirms what they already expect. I mean, I understand that, you know, like I love chocolate chip cookies, you know, like it doesn't need to be special. It doesn't need to be something outside of the norm. Um, even a bad chocolate chip cookie is still a pretty damn good cookie, you know? So that's my view on this thing. Word. Yeah. I'm also way less concerned about the public good of it in that way. I'm perfectly okay being just, an absurd elitist about all of this. Right. It is bad for them and they shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> um, but we live in a world where that's still true. And um, until our podcast gets into, you know, triple digits in terms of subscriptions, <laughs> we're not worried about that. Honestly, we're speaking to an audience that understands that can appreciate that there is better out there. Well, I guess too, that it would be like, you know, like actual journalism in an actual newspaper, it, you know, it shouldn't make money you know, kind of a thing. Like there's like an ideal that like there should be entertainment and the profits from entertainment should be shuffled into things that will not make money on a mass scale. That like, uh, you know, the, the profit motive to a certain extent can't justify everything uh, in terms of production in the same way that- What are you talking about? The same way, oh no, hang with me here. The same way that journalism shouldn't be profitable. The same way that like really, really fine and great and artistic cinema would never justify its existence in a- especially in an industry that is so cumbersome in the way that it is uh, produced funded. now. Yeah, the yeah. way that it's funded and produced now. So, movie pass, I'm good, I'm golden. I've seen a lot of crappy movies that I would never have seen, to be honest. Oh, I've probably like, never seen them. What is Chinatown 2. Detective Chinatown 2. Detective Chinatown 2. Nicole, you should have come along for this one. I, that's what I've heard. 30-second review, five-second review. Go for it. China can make an anime. Yeah. <laughs> live action live action also holy shit uh transphobic racist everything nice. um yeah yeah you think americans are conservatives like, uh the, yeah nothing on nothing on the uh the mass market chinese cinema i'll tell you that much holy shit uh totally worth watching anyway um so with that behind us so we got to figure out what we're gonna do okay so i have like a direction that i wanted to go because i had the next movie pick but i don't know this might be Weird, because I know you had talked about how you really liked the Herzog direction we went, where we did kind of like a retrospective and focused on Herzog. I liked, I liked that it gave it a little bit more, not even just like depth, but there was an almost arc to the way that it well, was constructed. Well, let me tell we, you. So, you know, 
Herzog was not the only new German uh, cinema director. There was another man mm-hmm. by the name of, and please don't correct my German because I don't know <laughs> if I'm saying this right. There was another man by the name of Rainer Werner Fassbinder, and he was as prolific as Herzog, but in a much smaller expanse of time because he produced 41 feature length films in 15 years thanks to cocaine. Yes. Uh, openly homosexual, just crazy, crazy dude that produced six to eight movies feature length a year. Damn. And I have not, I have not done like a real deep, thorough, like, you know, uh, analysis of of Mr. Fassbinder. I've only only started to just scratch the surface with his stuff. But I actually wanted to pick one of his movies to do next when when I when I do my my film because I feel like it would be a fun jumping point cuz A I want to get back to the 70s when films were good. <laughs> and B I think that this guy might be fun to look into. I can be down with that. So so would we all be doing a pick of Fassbinder's to, to Well, kind I of wanted go to kick it, it off with Chinese roulette, but I didn't know how like integrated. Like you've probably never heard of him and you've probably only seen Despair because that was a Nabokov I adaptation. Seen, I have seen three Fassbinders, I believe. Okay, well, I'd I be have, willing to I mean if you guys I wonder, have a solid thirty of them on my media PC. Okay, so if I were to like randomly roll or look into the you know, catalog and pull something out, I mean, would that be something that you would like to approach, or would you like to maybe open it up wider to the genre of like, you know, new German or this like rough edged. I feel like he would just period. be really cool. Cause he was a very, very unique character. Okay. Like much like Herzog's a very unique character. <laughs> this mm-hmm. guy was also a very kind of like unique character. And okay, I, cool. Well, let's, let's try this idea before it crashes and burns in one episode. Let's start with one of his movies. Let's see if it's worth bringing on another so that instead of having this arbitrary bullshit connective tissue that we mm-hmm. normally have between movies, that there may actually be connections. So if it makes sense to do another one of his movies or it makes sense to move beyond yeah, that. Cause like I said, I I've only, I've only watched maybe about five or six of his stuff. I've not, I've not like thoroughly studied him in the same way that I've just submerged myself into Herzog. So I feel like this would be like a new cool. cinematic direction to go. And they're constantly finding new movies he made that, that were never released. The guy like just, Doctor Who episodes. The guy just produced movies like, like a madman um, and then died at 37 due to <laughs> cocaine overdose. <laughs> well, um, well, I vote yeah. All right. I, I'll, I'll approve the pick. That sounds good. So you, so, all right, so I want to do Chinese Roulette okay. from 1976. Okay. I'll I think s- this is... Um, this is uh this is one of the ones that the Criterion's picked up, so it's definitely you know one of the more not access not I don't want to say more accessible because this stuff actually is fairly accessible. Um, but it's it's one of his more well known and uh more like prominent like respected films because the other problem is when you make six to eight feature full length films a year, they're not all winners. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine a little rough around the edges. Yeah. <laughs> so um okay cool. I'll look at a Chinese roulette. Yeah, we'll just kind of see where we're going. Okay, now, <laughs> you were mentioning maybe something a little bit content about the movie crew that was a little bit more deliberative or a little bit more uh, staged out. I, I, this I, stuff's I just, got some weird-ass mise-en-scene in it, too. I just don't want it to literally be about how... It, I, I, reviews, this is something that I'm tackling right now. The next thing that comes out on the Machination Log is probably going to be a review of the game Into the Breach. Okay. Where... 
Into the Breach really frustrated me because most of the time when people talk about it or when they talk about games or they review games, they're literally talking about, well, how did you feel about it? How, how was the game? And they're literally talking about their experience as opposed to talking about, they're not really talking about what the magic of the game is. They're just talking about their take on the way that it was presented to them. And uh, granted, our reviews are long enough we don't fall into that trap because you can only really talk about how you feel about a movie for 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, you like can't talk for an zero hour Zero one that. stars. Like, how much is there about feeling? <laughs> That's the other beautiful thing about that review scale is it gets that shit out of the way completely. Mm -hmm. Like, you, get, you go, okay, look, are you going to see it or not? Or are you going to see it again or not? And from there... You, it gives you permission to be a little more irrational about how you feel about it, which is preferable. And then you separate that from the, the more rational side of actually analyzing what's there as okay. opposed to how you feel about it. Okay. Um, and that also lets you watch bad movies and review bad movies because there's generally, I mean, we've, we've watched quite a few bad movies. No, on actually, this. right before we ended, we had watched a fairly terrible movie that we never got to review. <laughs> well, you know, there's still some debate of opinion about the the validity of Tombstone in this whole thing. And I, uh, but, I still but stand by that. But Tombstone was a great movie to review, yes. even though it's like I a low quality I can't believe that director's film. gotten two movies yeah. out of us. Because <laughs> there's so much to talk about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but uh, so approaching this, like, all right. So let's let's just roll through this. Uh, we we go and we watch uh, Fast Beaner. Would you like us to maybe once again to maybe put together something more to present to the group, more like in a more formed, cohesive way, rather? Because I normally like I my preparation for these is uh, just sitting around and thinking for a while. Yeah, and you know, working through what I remember. Uh, doing some research, reading some things. I mean, would you like there to be a little bit more of like maybe not like a formal presentation, but a formal presentation of our ideas such that they could, and by design would be able to kind of withstand a certain amount of scrutiny or to have some, not evidence, but some, you know, formative logic behind them or some formative, uh, you know, critiques and, and, and analysis, right? Or, I mean, I could, I could do that. Absolutely. It wouldn't be a problem, but it, would there just be something more substantive that we'd be wanting to present? To the group, I, I think. I mean, we can, we can take this offline since it's pretty serious inside baseball. But there was a moment, there was there was a hot minute there when there was like a half forum mm -hmm. on the thing, and it was it was nice to at least have the template of knowing what everybody was going into the review with because okay. it kind of it kind of let us understand like what elements of the movie were standing out to people so that we okay. could actually investigate them in advance. And again, that that is the, the listenership doesn't. Could not care less about any of this, so I don't necessarily want to talk about it for too long. But it would be it'd be nice to to roll in with a little bit of preparation, and that's okay. the machination log is kind of going to be that. Um, I'm going to unsurreptitiously announce the existence of a Twitch stream related to the machination log, which will be going up on a weekly basis someday, starting in the next little while. Here, okay. I don't know when. Uh, that will deal with the sloppy side of this. I want to be I want it to be possible to go back in the backlog of the machination log and get something out of what is being said free of the initial context in which it was produced. Okay. Cause I feel like a lot of the time we do actually almost manage that. Okay. Um, I mean, there are certain reviews of there are certain reviews in the movie crew review set that I think are, I mean, timeless is an aggressively grand word. I would, I would, I would be free to use it for this. True. Context. Completely timeless that, you can actually like go back and listen to, and they're worth listening to just because there are things being said there that are of intrinsic value. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it would be nice to just have more of that if it can be helped. And I think it can't. Like, we're, we can do that. We've done it before. Yeah. yeah. So I think that being a little bit more accountable to each other in that context, I think, is important, right? So if we watch a movie on the weekend to say, like, look, let's get something, let's get some initial ideas up by Wednesday night. Well, especially if you want to start tackling, like, mise-en-scene stuff, you know, like, that's, we can, you know, if there's, like, specific scenes, we can, like, ahead of time, we'd be, like, we're going to, like, really focus on, like, maybe this scene and this as opposed to just giving, like, our overarching like breakdown. Yeah, it'd be um, and that's the the fastest way to do that is to be aware of what people are going to talk about yeah. before the podcast. Well, and then too, if we were to release or to pr- pr- excuse me, put together, you know, um with some visual context as well. I mean, it would just take if, I'm, if my understanding is correctly and I know that this is more work than it ever, you know, than just saying it out like this. Yeah. But to, you know, edit or to play the scene as we as we go through each context or to like, you know, pause or freeze and then, you know, as we speak or analyze the layout or the dimensions or the, 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 you know, pay attention to the movement of the camera here, you know, we could try to discipline ourselves a little bit to put something together where we could, if we find something useful outside of the larger discussion to then say, well, let's, let's do like a five minute piece or discussion about this. And one, and the person who I think requests it or whose film it was would have the priority to like dictate the content of that like short you know, specific discussion of that material. Sure. So that, you know, if we want to pull something out of it or if we want to just say, no, let's discipline ourselves and just keep it part of the larger, wide-ranging discussion podcast where we just have segments where we will go into greater depth about these things. We've got a YouTube channel. We can use it if necessary. Exactly. And I so, actually did like a lot of those early podcasts where we had the sound clips and stuff in there. Uh, the only reason I don't do them is because it's a pain, pain in the ass, ass to yeah. do. Yeah, yeah it's actually oh, work. I, we, need an in, we need a machination log intern. Well, yeah, exactly. We need things. an intern. I'm, uh, uh, I'm getting there. Apply this within. Is, this, is, this is an aggressively not-for-profit organization. Yeah. <laughs> machination log at gmail.yahoo.com. So yeah, later in there. Yeah, that, I, the literal actual... It, look, if you want to be an intern for this, the answer is no, but keep trying. Uh, I, the however, form at the bottom. I, however, could use an intern. So please, uh, please reply to the machination log and uh, yeah, apply within. Um, yeah. Anyway. No, this, this <laughs> operation, I wish it could take up more of my time, but the time that it takes up can be quality. Well, and to be frank, like the burden on this is on you anyway. So, you know, like it's, one, it's grand throwing out ideas like that. But I was just curious to maybe say that if there was if there was something that we had had and if we get pretty decent at, you know, honing in or on specifics and trying a little bit more, you know, uh, the, the product of being accountable to each other and formulating our ideas a little bit uh, and to a greater degree than what we had been bears out some way. I think that might be one of the possibilities that it can. So yeah. I don't want to ever put that down. And, of course, the easiest way to get faster at doing any of those things is to repeat doing it. So Absolutely. Back uh, in the habit. So we got to get back in the swing of things. Absolutely. Indeed. Movie crew, we're back. We're back. Woo-hoo. All right. So um, moving forward, uh, so we're going to keep up the rotation then, right? Yeah. Who's after Nicole? I don't, I don't see any reason to. You picked Scarface for 49. Gotcha. Damn I, it. I know that because I've watched it like eight times. It's a great movie. Goddamn times. <laughs> Not the movie, the podcast. Ah, oh, very oh, good. Yeah. Because no, I've had podcast, six months to do the it. The podcast was great, too. I actually I'm, really enjoyed watching that. I'm like, really glad visual. I filmed and stitched together a thing on yeah. YouTube for that one podcast. It was great. I got to yeah. relive the glory days of that having happened. Yeah. Before we were so rudely interrupted. So these, th- uh, so uh, put, move, I, I'm excited, guys. I really yeah. am. This is a venture. Indeed. An adventure. For the next 50. Oh man, cheers to the next to that. 50. To the, cheers. 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 And on that Look, bombshell. LaCroix is not good for that. <laughs> <laughs> I used my, my iPhone 6 for it, so cheers to that. Good morning, everyone. <laughs>